1: Welcome to the latest edition of the Palazzo Podcast. <laughs> it's episode 136. It's Gobi and Deary doing what they do best talking fantasy baseball, dropping in random nonsense on occasion, and a random audio clip every minute or two. This is the show you've come to love, and they're going to give it to you. Today, they'll talk about the deal. Is it upon us? The CBA, is it one step closer to being done? Or is it all just a big barrage? The fellows will also discuss their brand new draft. The Battle of the Podcast, season three. Deary and Bovie are each in a league. And Zach Waxman's annual battle of the best and the brightest from the fantasy baseball industry is in full effect, y'all. So settle in for the picks, the lessons, and the randomness it's what you come to crave on the palazzo podcast <laughs> take it away boys.
2: go
3: to bed go to bed we're singing the go to bed song before we went on the air Utah. Give me two Alright, hey It's the Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's I Utah. just said it, he just said Give it me two. That's Gary Busey, who got in a fight with Meatloaf, who died last week, dearie
4: <laughs> This is breaking news, Meatloaf's dead Yep. Oh. No. Yeah,
3: no, it's shocking
4: Bob has perished
3: He is long gone, folks There's no doubt about it, yeah, Ernie That one is long Gone. Meatloaf will be missed, Deery. Any reflections on Meatloaf?
4: I heard he was a big fantasy baseball player for decades. Uh, that's, besides that's the rumor. that, you know, didn't know much about his uh, musical career besides uh, the great rendition of that you did last year of "I Would Do Anything for an Ace." <laughs> so beautiful, but, but I won't do that.
3: What is it I won't do? I'm not sure what that was either. I never made that clear, did I? But anyways, uh Steven drafts every yeah, round three. That would
4: have been
3: a, that would have been a huge mistake last year. Although I'm looking at the numbers, we're gonna talk about this. So we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the drafts. We got the battle of the podcast drafts currently in progress. Me and Deary are in two of the different leagues. There's two, two leagues. Yeah. yeah, I know it's a lot, but I meant this button. Utah. So give me two. We'll talk about that a little bit. We will also talk about our finished product with the dispersal draft from Robbie. Shout out to Robbie (laughs) from the Dingers podcast with his Dynasty League that we are a part of. We said we are morons last week. We mentioned that. And we'll we'll cover that. (laughs) And uh, maybe are we going to have a season or not? We'll talk about that as well. That's what we do here on this show. But first, as always, follow us. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter, Instagram. Our YouTube channel is growing. We love it. You guys are subbing us. And it's nice to see some real growth here as we start year three. You just... You never know sometimes. And I never give up hope, but there's days where you're like, man, it just seems like there's so many people in this world. And how are you supposed to stand out from somebody else? And what can I do that will be like, oh, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to see. What can me and Deary do? And it's really challenging. But in the end, I think the solution, Deary, is just to be yourself and do whatever you want. And if for some reason that catches on, then it's just a win all the way around because that way you don't have to be something you don't want to be. And you don't end up doing something you don't want to do.
4: What are you, what are you babbling about? Yeah, I do what I, I want to do. I don't need approval I'm talking about our show here. Yeah, yeah. We do what we want to do. Yeah, for sure. Hello, big fly.
3: <laughs> Hello? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What's happening? What are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I doing? I'm having a conversation with you. This is a live show on the air.
4: Yeah, we do whatever we want to do on the Plaza Pod. You're getting, like, way meta and deep about this. We do what we want.
3: Well, we are going up against PitchCon right now, so I'm not surprised nobody's watching. That's okay. (laughs) PitchCon's a pitcher's list. Very powerful. I'm doing a presentation on Friday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. I'll talk about that in the business time in a moment. But, uh, yeah, follow Deary Deary 1999 MJ Govier on Twitter because you'll love it. And you'll learn things. And maybe you'll learn something about yourself in that process. That's what I'm all about. So having said all that, let's dive into the business time. And as I think about the business at hand, uh, there's a lot of people I was interacting with over the last week. And I got to tell you, it's hard to keep track of because we're really, man, people are reaching out and they're sharing stuff. They're like, hey, I really like the show. And, I'm, you know, I'm just learning about this, this or that. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, thanks for being a part of the show. And I got to tell you, Deary, there's uh, more Michiganders that are coming
4: out of the woodwork, which is exciting. Yeah, it's great to hear that uh, our brethren within the state are getting to know us, and maybe we can get to know them a little bit over the next year here, if we have a season.
3: If we have a season.
4: (laughs) What? It's not breaking news or anything. (laughs) He's always here. Brian,
3: what up, Brian? Hey, Brian, tell us something about your day right here in the live chat, which all of you can use freely and fully at all times, unless you're watching this on Twitter. You're not allowed to comment for some reason on Twitter because when they shut down Periscope, they took the comments and all of the interface with it. So if you're watching us on Twitter, we recommend you don't do that, that you use our YouTube channel. That's really the best way to do this. So that's what I recommend. But Brian, we'd like to hear about you. Jasper says, hey, 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 Jasper, uh, whatever happened to the Jeep, man? I know the Jeep got totaled and I hope everything's okay going forward. You sounded like you were in good spirits at the time. That was about nine days ago, 10 days ago. So hang in there, brother uh don't forget we have the palazzo podcast prospect show which we do every tuesday 5 p.m Eastern time half hour of power prospects half hour Does that makes sense yeah something like that it's 30 minutes or less we talk prospects we get him good out phil goyette pops in from ireland says a few things about prospects and he goes back to bed it's really really simple <laughs> but it's a fun little show and if you're into dynasty and prospects it's a nice little bonus that we do is in addition to our main event which is this episode right here this is the main show, the big show, as Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick used to say on Center a long time ago. But now those people have changed. Or at least Keith Overman's changed a bit. So,
4: <laughs> Dan Patrick He's still, still spouting off left and right, though, right?
2: Yeah. Does he still have his
4: show. He used to have like a show. I don't know if it was on like MSNBC or something. That might have been like a decade ago. That was a huge show. It
3: was. People watched it. I don't know. If you watch MSNBC, I feel sorry for you because <laughs> uh, it's just hell, man. Uh, yeah, and that goes Hang for out, that goes man. for all sides. That's, I'm not taking any side. It's just universally hell. Mainstream media is just poisoning your brain. And I'm not going to go off on a five minute rant here, but I know what I'm talking about. They don't do this stuff unintentionally. They know exactly what they're doing. They do. So garbage. make sure that you stay independent in your thought. It is all garbage. You know, I've talked about this a million times. Our dear friend James, who we've all loved dearly, but he's just so obsessed with the news. And I'm just like, why do people watch the news? It doesn't improve your life. It doesn't make you up to date on things. It's just being. And I'm talking about television news in particular. Okay? It's very important (laughs) to clarify that.
4: I stayed with him for a week last year and it was just like CNN, MSNBC, CNN, MSNBC, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, every day you do this when you come home? It's fucking maddening.
3: (laughs) what he does man we still love him but man he fucking loves the news it's just a it's an addiction i get it i have addictions that i'm constantly focused on some are worse than others i guess i'd rather be addicted to the news than i don't know like losing all my money or going out on the streets because i'm addicted to heroin probably those are two bad ones yeah those are bad Uh, Brian K. Rochman says, what up, fellas? I'm glad you're here. We got a crew rolling in now. It's nice to see everybody popping in against. I don't even know what Pitchless has programmed here. They go till about 10 o'clock Eastern time. It's a four-day event. PitchCon! Day one was yesterday. This is day two. Tomorrow's day three. Saturday's day four. Jasper says the Jeep is sitting out in front of the barn. Damn. Well, at least it's still there. I don't know if that's good or not. What I do know is last night on PitchCon, they had the blind draft, and I'll talk about that in leading Off as well which was a it was a fun experience to see that go down. Uh, so I got to say shout-out to Jeff Johnson. Uh, Jeff Johnson. I swore. Now, there's a guy that went to high school named Jeff
4: Johnson, dearie. There's a and Jeff Johnson thought, in every fucking high school, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a really – you know, people think Smith. Yeah, Jeff Johnson. It's a very generic name. You're right about that. Uh, oh, New York City getting eight inches of snow. You would think it's Armageddon. Uh-oh. Day after tomorrow.
2: Saturday.
3: The day after tomorrow, after the day where people had a disaster. The movie. Uh, I will tell you this. Jeff Johnson hit me up, and I thought it was Jeff Johnson from high school who was a killer guitar player. In fact, he's a huge Tigers fan, too, and he had an English D as his avatar. So I thought it was him. I really did. But it wasn't him. It was a new Jeff Johnson. So hello, Jeff Johnson. By the way, anybody who's trying to post comments from Twitter right now, I'm getting a message that maybe somebody's trying to do that. You can't do it. You can't post comments from Twitter. So just... Go to the YouTube channel, Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. Sub, subscribe and just watch our stuff there. You'll be notified anytime we have a, a, a episode. Anything that happens, you'll be notified. I guarantee it.
4: Right? Yeah, YouTube's the way to go. Ding that bell go so you get that notification that we're on. Ding, ding,
3: ding, 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 ding. So I uh, talked to Jeff and he said, yeah, I really dig the show. I'm friends with Dick Thickrod on Twitter. Shout out to Dick Thickrod. Which is a, he's a really cool guy, Dick Thickrod loves frisbee golf. He loves froth and he's like, Hey, you want to play froth? Cause he lives in Westland. He lives like right around the corner from me. Yeah. So and we just met through Twitter. I'm like, I, I'm not a, I'll try it again. I remember not liking
4: it ever. Um, not fun. Not for me.
3: It's not fun. Is it?
4: No, I can't you love golf. I love. Yeah. I, I used to disc golf quite a bit in my early twenties. And then I moved into to real golf. And that's kind of my main obsession. Now I, I don't know. I mean, it's challenging. You're outside, you're walking, but I'm like finding my disc or like not ever having any idea where the hole is. I don't know. (laughs) We know plenty of people that do it. It's just I don't know. It's not for me. I feel like I'm going to throw my arm out. It is
3: challenging for sure, but it's just never fun for me. But I'm going to I'll do it again for Dick Thickrat and Jeff Johnson. So, Jeff, you're the man. uh, Uh oh. Oh, here's the guy from uh, Baseball Doesn't Exist asking about stuff. Hey, what up? It's J Money C18. So, I posted on one of Baseball Doesn't Exist videos. And I talked about Baseball Doesn't Exist recently with you, Deary. Yeah, last uh, week. You know, what's the story with this YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. And There was a he gets a bit, I mean, there's so many comments on one of those episodes, you just get lost. But this guy here said, "Hey, I'm the guy from Baseball Doesn't Exist comment section who asked about the ad drop rule." So, he had this whole question which is a great question, I thought, and we can definitely talk about that. J Money C18, I'm glad you're here. I hope you subscribe to the show here and you can follow us whenever you want. We're definitely going to talk about what went down with your league because, uh, you know, I find that shit fascinating. Uh, I'm like Dennis Hopper in... Uh, uh, blown Away. True romance?
0: Blown Away? Is he in Blown Away? Or is he you in
3: thinking blown away? Speed?
4: You're thinking of Speed, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he didn't yeah. survive for Blown oh. Away, which is like the kind of... <laughs>
3: it's Car. Carlos Marcano, Carlos. not Carmirano, dearie. There he is. Woo! <laughs> yeah, we won't fuck that
4: this, up, up this year.
3: Carlos was nominated for an FSWA nomination for writing this year, just last That's week, awesome. so congratulations <laughs> to Carlos, who's one of, been on this show twice at least. He's a friend of ours, he's a friend of mine, and we're really proud of him and grateful for him. I think the FSWA People respect the hell out of it, and I'm not trying to minimize it at all. In fact, I'm just going to stop because this has just come off as, like, Ugh. so I'm not, I, I'm happy for Carlos. Three cheers. Hip, hip, hooray! He's asking you
4: a serious question, though, right now. I'm like, what is baseball?
3: <laughs> What's baseball? Question. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow when I do my PitchCon presentation. Anyways, I got it. Oh, my God. I'm going to get back to JC Money here. Your comments are flowing in. You guys are killing it. Good Lord. Alright, Jay Money. So, dearie, let me propose this to you. I want to get it right, so I want to pull up the question exactly. So there's no mistakes because it was it has to do with league structures, commissioners making sure they're doing their jobs, and I recall that having a commissioner who will step in and do the right thing is so important to a league, isn't it?
4: I am a commissioner, I take it very serious.
3: I am a commissioner. Okay, so here it is. I got it, Money. Thank you for bringing this. Quick question for Fantasy Baseball Expert, which is what he called me, which is hilarious. Thank you for that, by the way. You're a guru. Is streaming... (laughs) Yeah, we're gurus here, Jay Money. We're gurus. Is streaming pitchers and knowing the ESPN rule that you can go over the acquisition limit if you head into the final day of the matchup with less than a limit cheating? So apparently you can circumvent the ESPN rule... And get an additional ad by going over the limit if you're heading into the final day of the matchup during the week of a head-to-head matchup okay. with less than the total. Is that cheating?
4: But the app allows you to do it, but it's uh, yes. technically against the rules?
3: Yes, it's, they're circumventing a glitch in the matrix, oh. if
4: you will. Yeah, yeah. If you're commissioner before the league starts at the start of the season, you got to put a rule up that says you cannot do that. And commissioner obviously has the ability to go in and and drop that player after you pick them up. So that's that's what I would do. It's got to be something that is brought to the table early on. And, and this has happened in many other leagues that I've been in, where you know there's been certain rules that you know, like you said, you can circumvent through an app. And usually, we'll take it to a league vote.
3: I think the commissioner has to be stepping in big time here. This is the whole point of having a commissioner. You need somebody who will lay down the law when something like this is going down. Sure, it's bogus. Sure, it's uncool. But if the commissioner doesn't step in to reverse it, then that's how it's going to go down. And that's the bottom line. I'm curious what other people think here in the live chat, but that's how I see it.
4: You can't let it be a free-for-all because there's going to be things... That come up over and over and over again and the commissioner needs to make things right you don't want to be a manfred and just screw everybody over here you 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 know you're gonna have people leaving your league if you don't run your league right
3: absolutely i agree so jay money that's how we see it commissioner gotta be strong there has to be an independent commissioner who has full autonomy that we everybody trusts and once that trust is gone you boot that person immediately but as long as you all trust him then you gotta abide by it and that's even though there's a glitch i know there's a glitch but that's how i see it And Brian K. Roger says, yes, dearie, he's a commissioner. He takes it very seriously. That's right. He does. Uh, uh, You know, this is how the show grows though. We find a guy like Jay money in the comments of a massive channel, like baseball doesn't exist. And then we have a conversation. This is really, this is the crux of what we do here. Connecting, talking, helping, learning, sharing, and maybe having a laugh or two along the way. You know, I mean, it, not a guarantee, but sometimes we laugh. Uh, Whatever,
1: motherfucker!
3: Uh, yeah, okay, fine. So uh, thanks, Jay. Money. Appreciate you chiming in there. Make sure you sub us, hook up with us. Connect with us. Follow CDRE1999, MJ Govier on Twitter. That's where we do our thing. Uh, we got that one done. Let's go back to the rest of these. So Jasper says, been working on draft prep. All right, wait. I got to hold these comments for a second because I got to finish the business time. I'm sorry. So Dick Thickrod, shout out to you guys. Jeff Johnson, uh, you're a listener. Jeff, thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope my he offered... Some questions to me about his fantasy team, too, and I hope I was of use. I don't know. I mean, what can you do there, dear? You just give people what you know best and then hope they make the best decisions?
4: Well, I think when people come to me for, you know, ideas about players or or strategy, I I give them kind of my process, but I I don't want them to steal my process because my process isn't 100% correct. You know, you want to make them come up with their own ideas and their own process and their own evaluation of players. I think when it comes to evaluating players, everybody has their own process of doing it. Sure, you can take ideas from other people, but you want to make it your own. You want to be authentic in that. But uh, I'm certainly always open to you know, adding any of my ideas to, uh, to their, uh, their curriculum there.
3: Yeah. And you know, this drop really reminds me of what the commissioner is doing in your league. Jay money.
2: And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him up. Yeah.
3: Come on. Someone's got to step in there. So thank you to everybody who's been following and subbing the show. We're hoping that there's going to be baseball soon. We're going to talk about that momentarily. And PitchCon, check out my presentation. I'm excited about it. Last night I did this thing too, so we'll talk about that momentarily. I think there's other things I'm missing. I was supposed to say thank you to someone, and I feel like we always have a rundown for the show, and I didn't write anything down. This is my fault because usually we have a a document just as a guide because this is what quality professional shows do. They write down what they're going to talk about, at least as like a skeleton basic, and we didn't do that. So I'm probably leaving somebody out. So if you did something for any other one of us in recent memory, Thank you for that. Thank you for being a friend. And thank you for everybody who responded to the survey I put out today. Tons of you did that. You guys are really showing the love. And it's just very, 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 very cool. And I'm not being cheesy here like, oh, thank God. Like like I don't have hard days or like I don't get angry sometimes. I mean, come on. I mean, I get fucking pissed. But right now I'm saying thank you. So thank you. Me and Deary really appreciate everything you guys do for us.
4: You know, I saw saw that survey that you sent out. I haven't filled it out yet. I I can't figure out how to answer the first question yet.
3: (laughs) Well, hey, uh, you still got, you you know, until 3 o'clock tomorrow, probably before that. Like, is
4: it lame that my biggest gripe with baseball is that World Series games start at 8.30? (laughs) 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 It's like my biggest gripe right now. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. I mean, I was sure I can go
4: way more in depth, but... That really sure. grinds my gears. It bothers me.
3: Good. Well, I like that. Show some passion for crying out loud. Let's yeah, bring it. he's got to go sleepy in the car. Ah! That's passion right there, folks. So we're also going to be doing the Plaza Invitational. I say this every week. It's just a reminder. We want you to all be involved. So stick around. Hang tight for when it finally goes live. Likely in February, okay? The Palazzo Podcast Invitational, it'll be on nfbc.com. If you don't have access to it, if your state locks you out, I'm very, very sorry about that. There's nothing we can do. States sometimes don't get it right. Sometimes governments suck. Also, a Rotofanatic's YouTube channel, we got tiers. We've done tiers videos and rankings. So this is a Rotofanatic podcast show, part of the massive Rotofanatic podcast network. Go to the Roto Fanatic YouTube channel and boop, 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 boop. check out the tiered rankings videos. We're going position by position. So far, we've had catcher, first base, and second base done. We're going to have shortstop up next and then a couple more for you. And it's all organized in a neat package at the Roto Fanatic YouTube channel, which you can find as one of our favorite recommended channels right here on the Plaza Podcast YouTube channel. It's all connected. You know, it's all just flowing so well. So well. So, there, 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 there. Okay, I covered all that. Jasper says he's been working hard on draft prep for his first-year dynasty team in the Deuce Dynasty League, baby. Just a heads up there, MJ. Gonna bring it, bro. Well, fucking A. Hey, yeah, bring it. That's right. Phil Goyette brought us together on that dynasty league, so we're excited for that. I'm pretty, I don't even know. What's the limit on dynasty leagues, dearie? What What's too many? Two. <laughs> Uh-oh,
4: okay. Dude, uh, why?
3: You're in I'm too many? Th- Are they all oh, startups,
4: so- though? No. Okay. Okay, good.
3: Well, I'm at three, so I think I'm okay. okay. You're okay. Okay for You're right
4: okay. now. You're don't, okay. Just don't hit five. I don't know. You I'm can do as right many bad. as you fucking want, man. It's just whether or not you have the time.
3: Ah, Goober Godfrey. Hey, Helmut! Helmut, we don't see you on this version very much. We always see you at the Prospect Show. Good to see you, my friend. He says, tell us something good about the MLB negotiations, please. Okay, um... One thing I could tell you right now that is good about the negotiations. They've met 3 times this month. <laughs> and there seems to be an agreement that they're going to raise the the minimum salary. That's a good it's, thing. Yeah, that's pretty much all seems I got. Reasonable. It's something. So Sorry, Helmut, I you know, we're looking for positives. There is some hope here, but I got a whole beef. I got major beef theory. The way it's looking right now, like the players are just going to take a dump and just not fight for the way it's looking right now. It looks like they're not going to fight for what they need to fight for, but I'll I'll save that. So.
4: I, I certainly am not paying as close attention to it as maybe I should right now because I don't want to be let down. I I, I don't want to have my hopes up. I see people on Twitter. They're being like, oh, they're really close to a deal. And I'm like, I don't want to follow you anymore. Like, don't get do this to me. (laughs) So when it's done, it's done. When it's done, it's done. I can't can't dive. It's like watching the fucking election, man. I can't do it. Oh, God. Yeah, that sounds bogus.
3: I got to quit with these. I got to
4: quit with these F-bombs, man. I'm I'm fired up today. Too many F-bombs today. I got to bring it down for Chris Marr would not be happy with me.
3: Real immature, real immature. Okay.
4: Uh, Carlos says, love you guys. We love you too, Carlos. You're the man.
3: So thanks to Jay Money for giving us the breakdown on his league situation. We know that he's a commissioner you don't fuck with. Sorry, Chris. And uh, Brian K. Roger was so right, though. Hash it out before season. Okay. Hash it out before season. I agree. Any weird league stuff should all be hashed out prior to the beginning of the year. I agree with that.
4: The, the offseason, if you're a commissioner, is huge. I mean, in, in the league that I run, Mike, that you used to run, uh, if we make any rule changes, we talk about it in the offseason and it will not be implemented till one year later. So we'll go through one full year and then the year after that, things will be implemented. Because it gives people to have a draft strategy, trade strategy, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, the is huge for commissioner.
3: Huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's clutch. I completely agree. All right. Well, oh, yeah, Woohoo. All right. 76ers are murdering the Lakers. Woohoo. Ooh, all right.
4: NBA did see, basketball. Did you
3: see that, dude? Did you see I've <laughs> No, but did you see what I did? It's the dumbest thing ever. I hit that nine leg parlay. It's so stupid.
4: <laughs> five dollar nine leg parlay. <laughs> I hit it. we hey doing would you, would you a couple hundred bucks.
3: Yeah, the five dollars paid two ninety three. So that's yeah, fine, man. It's fine. It was I just couldn't believe it. It's was hilarious. It's. I don't think I've ever done that. And it's not
4: easy ah, to do. I don't miss it.
3: Yeah, I'm sure you don't. But <laughs> Speaking of missing it, don't miss our next segment. It's called Leading Off. Okay. So in this segment, we're going to talk about a couple of things. And one of those will be the negotiations. So real quickly, we kind of dove into it. I feel like the players are kind of, they're backing down from the service time manipulation issue, which... Maybe it hasn't come up enough in the negotiations from what I hear, but it seems like they're kind of not focusing on that. They're trying to focus on bringing more money to pre-ARB players earlier in their contract, but that's only going to be based on what we know so far for the top 30, like some of the better players by war. So what the... I thought service top manipulation was one of the key things here that needed to be modified. And right now I have... No confidence that that's going to get done.
4: Wait, so are, did you just bring up war in the no- negotiations? Yeah, that's there's something I'm was, missing here. They're gonna they're gonna use war as of right now
3: as the you know the the cutoff point for hey who's the players that deserve this bonus money in the arbitration pool? Top 30 players by war, which mm. would not necessarily and there's a couple different wars. We know this. There's the baseball reference war. There's a Fangrass war. There's other wars. It might be their own personal creation, so I don't know.
4: But you're, you're technically just helping out a handful of people, and some of these guys could be guys that were high draft picks that got a pretty decent signing bonus anyways. I think who you really need to be looking after and trying to help out are those guys that have been in a league three, four years, and they're still only making $500,000. Yep, that's
3: true. That's a good point. Very good point. So I don't, I'm concerned about that. I've got issues, uh, but... Otherwise, it seems like maybe they're starting to ramp up negotiations here. And I'm actually starting to believe that the owners really don't want to lose any more money. I always thought that they would just let it ride forever. But I I get the feeling that they really want the spring training gates and all this stuff. So a deal really could get done within the next
4: two weeks. It could. I mean, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report the 14th. Is that correct? 14th and 15th, probably. Yeah, yeah, you you know that. Yeah, so that's like two and a half weeks away.
3: Two and a half weeks. Wow, oh, that's intense. What the hell happened to you? Well, I don't know what happened to you, but I will tell you this. What happened to us is we started drafting in the Battle of the Podcast League. There's two of them this year. Last year, I was in the league. And there was only one of them. But Zach Waxman from the Draft Champions Podcast. Shut up. He wanted to make it happen for more people, so he created a second league. So you have two battles, two leagues. 15-team, draft and hold, NFC, NFBC 50s, 50, $50 buy-ins, and uh, we are off and running. I think we're 20 rounds in by now here, Deary. So we both happen to have the same pick.
0: We both in have 15.
3: Of- <laughs> yeah, we both we didn't we did not discuss any of this. Not only did we, we both had the same pick at 15 in different leagues, but we also had a couple of the same picks, which maybe shouldn't be a surprise because we're in the same slot, with the exact uh-huh. same format. But it still was kind of eerie. We both got Tarek Schubel, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we both like Tarek Schubel.
4: So, <laughs> okay, so you've looked at my squad, yeah? I took Schubel. We both we're took tired. Walker. Bueller. We both took Walker Bueller first.
3: Oh yes, 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 we did. We look. There's no doubt about that. That's exciting. But what's more exciting is the fact that there's so much opportunity here. Uh, Oh, we got it. What's uh, Jay Money says, there better be a season. My Padres need to bounce back. Hey, your Padres, people are poo-pooing your Padres now, Jay Money, because suddenly they don't look so badass. It seems like two years ago they looked like badasses offensively. And now you look at their lineup. I saw Vlad Sether post a tweet the other day about he wasn't really worried about the Padres lineup at all.
4: That he's not worried about their lineup?
3: I thought that's how I interpreted it, unless I'm I am a moron, so it's possible.
4: I thought I thought he tweeted that it was a lineup that didn't really blow him away. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like he wasn't
3: really worried he wasn't worried about the offense of side for the Padres because there's so many question marks and there's still things that need to be done there. Profar, is he gonna be an everyday player there? Eric Hosmer, will he have one of the good years that he has as opposed to the down years? There's a lot going on there. So Jay Money, I wish you the best. I, I would like to see the Padres do well. They got a new manager. They So they switched gears. They got away from Tingler, who was a turd, based on what I could tell. And now they've got themselves a direction where they could focus on having Clevenger back and Blake Snell should bounce back. You know, Deary, everyone's telling me now that Blake Snell is a buy. Last year, everybody was selling on him. But now he's a buy.
4: He's probably got a, a much friendlier ADP this year. He had a much better second half last year as well. Um, yep. Obviously, I hated him last year. Avoided him everywhere, and then of course I ended up drafting him once, and it pissed me off.
2: Uh, I,
4: this is just—I mean, I, we've done the dispersal draft, and then you know I went against everything I was going to say. I said I wasn't going to draft until February, but obviously Zach invited me into this battle. The pods, the the second league. I'm like, well, I gotta get in. So then all of a sudden, league filled, and it's like, all right, you're you're drafting tomorrow. So we're we're in round 17 right now.
3: Yeah! Woohoo All right, that's exciting. Jasper says, thinks I'm going to try my hand at writing fantasy baseball stuff based off of actual leagues I'm in and from shows and podcasts I subscribe to. Booyah! Well done, sir. Hear, here. Love to hear that kind of stuff. I think you should go for it, Jasper. You have a healthy base knowledge, and you listen to and watch one of the finest fantasy baseball podcasts in the business, so... You got that going for you. The Plaza Podcast, of two L's, two Z's. Utah. How can you go wrong? Give me two. Just use that as a supplement to what you're already doing. And Brian K. Rogers says, Bob Melvin. Yes, that is the new manager of the San Diego Padres. Bob Melvin. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this draft here. Uh, I really want to pull it up as a share the screen offering here, but I don't know if certain people don't want their picks exposed, so I can't do it, (laughs) I guess.
4: but we could talk about it. I okay, we like can to go through a couple of aids. rounds and talk about a couple of the players if you'd like.
3: Well, I like to give visual aids. Just you know, I'm doing this presentation tomorrow for PitchCon, and it's mm-hmm. a 45-minute presentation. And I haven't really done like a virtual presentation in forever or ever. I can't remember doing a virtual. We do a podcast all the time. I have no problem being on the air or being in front of a camera, but it seems like a presentation requires visual aids. So
4: it's 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 too weird. So I do a lot of present presentations at work and within a room i need to be able to walk around i need to be able to interact use my hands a lot interact with the people that are there i did a bunch on zoom last year and they were really really uncomfortable
3: (laughs) yay that's a ringing endorsement for me Woohoo! yeah it's gonna be it's a
2: doozy yeah it's
3: gonna be a doozy no doubt about it there so needle nose ned who did you take after Walker Buehler, with your second choice, number Deary's at fi- pick fifteen here. This is a fifteen team, fifty round, do or die draft and hold, Roto five by five. Just remember all that. So, who'd you take after Walker Buehler?
4: I was really close to going with Rafael Devers, which I think you took Devers. Did you take Devers? I did. Is that right? Yeah, did. you took Devers. I ended up going with Max Scherzer. I went pocket aces. I've never done this before. I want two guys that have the ability just to have over 200 strikeouts. Uh, both guys should be durable all year long. Guys should get near 200 innings, if not more. Uh, so I want to get two stable guys and then wait on pitching after that. So that's what I did.
3: Wow. Okay. Okay. I respect that. I, I, I just want to take pocket aces is something I don't want to do. I never do. I never have. And I think the pitching depth is stupid this year. This is something I'm learning about. Remember last week I said, guys, let's not be a, what's the word? Don't be obsessed with ADP, okay? And this is still important for now. Make your own world first and then go from there. So I uh, have been trying to avoid it in this draft, but it's really, really hard. But I've been going out of my way to get guys I want when I want them. I don't care what ADP says. I'm
4: really doing that. Important. Yeah, I I, I I completely agree, and so many guys that are in my uh, podcast league are doing the same. I mean, there there are pitchers that were taken in round six here that I I like more than some of the pitchers that were taken in round two or three. Really? Yeah, yeah. Guys see? like uh, you know Lance Lynn, Jose Barrios, Kevin Stausman, or Gossman. Why do I call him Stausman? Uh, <laughs> Luis Luis Castillo, a, a guy who had an incredible second half, which I see him as like a fourth, fifth round pick, you know, going to be a top 10 pitcher, hopefully. So uh Joe Musgrove, wow. he some really good guys out there. But yeah, I, I grabbed guys that I wanted. Now we're in the 17th round, so now I'm really looking at that ADP, but I'm going 50, 60 spots after that. Now there's the strategy of will this guy be around next time when it comes back to me, but you're waiting 30 picks. It's like, I just got to go grab this guy now because I want him. Grab
3: that man, buy that man a Miller. Remember that dumb commercial? Why buy that man a Miller? Why not buy anybody a Miller? Why does that have to be a man? Hmm. I don't remember
4: any commercials ever for some reason.
3: How could that how could that be? All they do is shove commercials down our throats all the time, and especially growing up and watching television. It's not even I don't even like commercials, but I have so many stupid jingles in my head. I can't stand it. I really can't. Like right well, it's now. It's easy to uh,
4: che- it's easy to check out now because you can just change the channel real quick and there's like 700 channels. You can just stare at your phone. As a kid when there's like four channels, getting damn father and son and Michelin Man commercials constantly. Brawny.
3: <laughs>
4: father and son. Sam Ooh, father Bernstein. and
3: son. Give us a call. Yeah. Ask us. We're Herb Lumber. See, there's so many <laughs> of them. Ooh, Diedrich Who could
4: ask for any. they are endless. all classic Detroit commercials.
3: Yeah, these are more local. That's true. Uh, but good Lord, they will stick in your head. And they'll never go away. Uh, I want to give everybody also kudos. Should have done this during business time. But thank you for the surprising feedback on our stupid-ass show we did last week. You guys were really generous with your comments on our Royal Rumble, which we tried to do the best we could. We probably could have done it a lot better than we did. But still, you guys took your time out to message us, tweeted us, Govier, MJGovieACDeary1999, and we thank you for that. Uh, it was a total bozo-fest. And, uh, hey, I'm glad we did it. And, Deary, I'm glad you got – see, this is where the show works best. We come up with ideas together, and then we execute them. So
4: I'm, uh, I'm glad we did it. it. It went well. It was really fun. It ended up being completely different than what I thought it was going to be, but it was a hell of, hell of a lot of fun.
3: It was a total debacle. Yes, it was a lot of fun. I agree. So thank you for that, everyone. Also, one of our closest, closest Palazzo pals here, <laughs> uh, Russell. Mr. Russell Withers. He was on a show doing a podcast recently with uh, Bubba, I believe it was. And uh, I want to make sure that you guys are aware of what Russell's doing. His website, armchairroto.com. Follow him on Twitter, at armchairroto. He knows what he's talking about. He just cracked 1,000 followers, 1,002 followers. Woohoo! Yay! So, congratulations, Russell. You deserve it. There's more where that came from, I assure you. Really, really is an excellent, excellent fantasy baseball player. And he really knows his stuff. He does. Like, he's a good player. He makes money every year. He doesn't do chalk. He doesn't do the routine picks. Well, you know, you you take Mike Trout, and you'll be fine. You know, you stick uh, with Max Scherzer and you stick with Jacob Degrom. You know, there's unique plays and great articles he writes every so often. So go check out Benz with Bubba's podcast, who also is a great guy. I love Bubba here. And connect. Learn share the more you know yeah anyways back to the draft Erie. so in this draft I think pitching is so deep in all drafts really that's that's how it's rolling out to me now dude there is just so many starting I'm talking starting pitchers first and foremost but I went early on starting pitching and now I'm realizing maybe I should have waited because I just love so many guys we're in the 24th round right now it's pretty wild
4: yeah, I mean I'm I'm looking at guys that are available right now. I mean I ended up taking Tarek Scuba a little later, uh, Ian Anderson as as my third and fourth pitchers there, but I'm looking on the board right now and guys that are available, and we're at pick uh, 262. There's guys like Anthony D Sclavani. Tristan McKenzie who I think has an opportunity to have a big breakout. Herman Marquez, you know you're going to get a ton of strikeouts from him. John Gray moving over to Texas, out of Coors now. He, you know, he's 31, 32 years old now, but I mean, he has the opportunity to really be a breakthrough this year. Stephen Matz, we've seen him have some good fantasy years. Josiah Gray, another young guy. And there's guys like Kyle Hendricks who obviously made it all the way to the final round of the Rumble last week. He's sitting mm-hmm. at ADP 282 right now, a guy like Luis Patino, who I love this year, if he can get the innings, 299. So there's some guys that you're going to be able to grab here in rounds 20 to 25 that could really help your team out.
3: Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I agree, and I love it, and I'm excited. There are guys that I'm still targeting right now. I'm not going to say who they are because we're still drafting. 50 rounds is a long way to go. But I took Bueller. Chris Sale with pick three at the end of the third round. Jose Barrios at the beginning Love of the him. fifth round. Love him. And then I took Verlander at the beginning of the eighth round. Now, I'm just going off what we know about life, dearie. Verlander, even though he had Tommy John, even though he's 39 years old, he'll be 39. The guy is just a master class pitcher and his mechanics are so fluid and repeatable and he's just not the kind of everybody will get hurt eventually you play baseball for 20 years as a hard throwing starting pitcher you're going to tear that ucl eventually it's just physics right it's the torque <laughs> but if Verlander's good to go and he's locked into a two-year deal here and max scherzer is still pitching at an elite level late in his 30s i just see that this is totally totally doable Verlander's is very uh, svelte. You know, he keeps himself trim. He's not a lazy, out of shape guy. He never was. He was always a tall kind of beanpole. So I see this as a guy, the innings might not be what I want, but what he will give, I'm thinking minimum ERA no worse than 350 and a whip of 1.20 or less. And I would definitely take that.
4: Yeah, I mean, Verlander is the ultimate ultimate competitor, so if he still thinks he's got something in that tank at 39, I certainly believe that he has the opportunity to be a plus pitcher this year, and the value that you're getting for him, a guy who has the potential to be a top-10 starter in your fantasy league, is 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 huge. Now, the, the question will be how many innings is he going to throw, but that may not matter. If he ends up getting 120 to 150, his ratios are still going to be good. He's not going to walk a ton of people. He still has that hammer of a curveball. And really, he's just padding his stats for the Hall of Fame right now. So unless he has another hiccup, another injury, which you got to believe he's rehabbed it right, did everything he could in the offseason to come back, I still think you get another solid season out of him, and he ends up being a top-15 pitcher.
3: Yeah! Woo-hoo! Thank you, though. You just boosted my confidence. I feel good! woo
1: What the hell happened to you?
3: I got a Verlander fever. That's what happened to me. I'm excited. And I'm not going to change, Deary. Sometimes people want you to change. But me, I'm not changing. I'm sticking to who I am. I'm going to do what I do best. And that is loving Justin Verlander. So I got those four starters. One, two, three, four after the first 100 picks or so. And that's four lockdown starters. Maybe the number one on each one of those staffs. Seriously. Bueller, Sale, Barrios, Verlander. That's great. So for there, I branch out. I, I kind of regret, though, that I did not take Jonathan India when I took Barrios on the turn there from round six, five and six. You know, I I kind of wish I had taken Jonathan India because second base is has a lot of depth, but some of the better second base options are actually in that pocket for what I gathered in my experience between pick 70 to 100 there.
4: Who do you got as a second baseman or other middle infielders right now?
3: So, well, I waited, and then at round nine, I took Ty France, who I
4: love. Love me some Ty France.
3: Yeah, we we love Ty France on so this show, yeah. always have. And yeah. then uh, I took Andre Semenes in round 11, so to get some more steals. Also have Josh Rojas in the mix. So, you know, the depth there is fine. I, Jonathan India or Ty France, Andre Semenes, a combination of Josh Rojas, I think, I think I'm okay with what I got there because – India was a rookie, and he was really impressive as a rookie. I'd kind of like to see it again, so I trust Ty France more because he's more seasoned. He's not going to steal bags at all. I get that, but that's why I got Andre Jimenez, who's going to steal bags.
4: Yeah, maybe they'll figure out how to pitch India this year maybe a little differently than last year. There might be a low uh, to start the season. I still think he has the opportunity to be a superstar at second base. Uh, but yeah, with, with Rojas and Jimenez, there's some stolen base opportunities right there. Neither of them is probably going to bat over 250. But with Ty France, you got a guy who has an opportunity to bat 300. Sure, not going to have pop, but he's going to be in a lineup that I really, really like this year. And he'll have the opportunity to score a bunch of runs and get a lot of RBIs as well. So that's three cats right there. Three cats!
3: I got to tell you, I had a ball between the... Blind draft that they did for PitchCon. It was a blast. It was dynamite. It was fun because you didn't know who your partner was. So there's two draft rooms. It was me and a bunch of other people who you probably know in the biz. Chris Towers and Welsh and Bogman and Adam, Adam, Alex Fast and D. Mendy, just like everybody was in there. Eric Cross. So it was a bunch of big time analysts. And then on the other side was a lot of Pitcher List Plus members and People who are really good players, but they're not really in the biz.
4: So yeah, they're not writers uh, see, or podcasters.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. They're not big time like that. They don't work at. They're not all in on it. They might be a part time thing for them. But <laughs> seeing it live last night was cool. And I want to give a shout out to Miles, who absolutely killed it. He put it all together. Shut he made it happen. He hosted it. It was this was done last night for the first night of PitchCon at 9 p.m. And I know they're gonna post all the videos probably on their YouTube channel, their Twitch feed, or however it works, once the pitch con ends after Saturday. They take all the stuff so you can watch it in perpetuity after the fact. So if you missed it, you will get to watch that again. The blind draft, which I got pretty fired up about some of the picks that happened that really pissed me off because <laughs> the other person's <laughs> in control. Yeah, it was it was pretty so you, funny. So
4: you alternate picks? Is that what happens?
3: That's exactly what happens. You alternate okay. picks. You have no idea what's going to happen. And uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, uh, it was something, man. It was so It was pretty cool. I'm glad I did it. They're going to do more of them. I strongly recommend it. It's a hell of an idea. It really is. I'm glad they do it. Uh, Jasper says, can't wait till our draft kicks off Tuesday morning. See, Jasper, I didn't even know that our draft is starting Tuesday morning. So thank you for reminding me or letting me know. This is a live update to my life about our Dynasty draft starting on Tuesday. Thank you, Jasper. <laughs> what would I do without you? <laughs> Anyways, strongly check out that really, really cool stuff. Miles is a great guy. Please follow him on Twitter. It's just so cool. A lot of cool people doing fun stuff, having a good time, mixing it up, taking chances. Uh, It's not boring. It's more fun. So, Miles Nelson on Twitter at MilesNelsonPL. I also met him at First Pitch Arizona in real life, and he was a really cool dude. Dude. So,
4: you know, I, I, anyways, that, I like yeah. the combination of having like some big money serious leagues and then some kind of lower leagues where you're just kind of screwing around and having a little bit of fun. Some of your home leagues are like that. Obviously, the goal is to always win, but these ideas of you know, blind drafts where you have a partner, you have no idea who they are. It's funny because um, Mendy keeps getting some crap in the Battle of the Podcast League too, because him and the rest of the triple play guys are all drafting together. They say that they're arguing left and right about who they're drafting, and it gets to me, and everyone's uh-huh. like, How come Govier's in the other league and Deary's in this league? Like, they're not together. Somehow they got split up, and uh, I don't – I think you and I would do well drafting together, Um,
3: but I I, I, I don't know. I brought that up. Nobody ever said anything. I brought it up when you told me you were in the league a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, oh, so are we going to have to draft together or not? Nobody ever said anything. So (laughs) I guess we caught a break.
4: Well, we'll, hopefully we both do really well.
3: Yeah. Well – uh, you know, I was going to keep the show pretty minimal here, too, because I mean, I'm trying to prepare for this presentation tomorrow. So a couple more minutes on the draft, and we'll get the hell out of here. I wanted to read emails, too, before we leave. There was an email that was given to us that we never read, Deary. So I'm going to read that to you in a moment. Uh, any other final thoughts on the draft? Like I said, we're in round 24 currently. I love my catchers. I want to say this. I took Tyler Stevenson at the love end it. of the yes, seventh great round.
4: Job. Great job. Yep.
3: You know, people are bagging on the Reds. And I don't get it. They got a lot of offensive players still. I've heard people saying because they're because the Reds are having a fire sale, they, they don't want to spend money, right? Castiano's left, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of talented bats in that lineup,
4: for sure. So I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. people I mean, Jesse pick. Winker's still there. India had a great off season. Like that, I feel like Votto still around. Probably will still produce pretty well good numbers this year. Votto, like they're <laughs> still they're still going to be able to score some runs.
3: I always, I think Votto, I think of that guy Otto from The Simpsons. Like, hey, Votto, hey man. Oh, the
4: guy that drove the bus. What about, what about guys that maybe you reached on or people that maybe, or players <gasps> that maybe you haven't been high on? I got a couple of those on my list. I don't reach, dude, ever. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know what blew my mind, dearie? This was, this really did, I know a lot of things seem to blow my mind, but this blew my mind. We both took a Dallas Garcia. <laughs> And we ripped on him last year about yeah. how he was just going to be a strikeout machine. And he was a fluke in a way, but
4: there we are. Both of us drafted him. Why'd you yeah, draft him? That, that's exactly, that's exactly who I was going to bring up. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Okay. So he had over 30 home runs last year. He's going to back clean up in a lineup that has improved a ton. He's yes. going to have a K rate of 30, but he's also probably going to steal 15 to 20 bags if he can bat 240, I think I'll be okay with it because he's going to score some runs and have some RBIs. Now, there could be the disaster situation where he just completely falls off and is just doing brawny commercials for the rest of the season, but I think there's some value there even though all we did was rip on him last year.
3: I know, dude. It's so funny, but This is, but this is a kudos to us. It's a tribute to us. We don't get locked in. We are ready to maneuver if the draft calls for it. Don't be locked in, guys. I know there's Casey Cha is a famous guy who's made a shitload of money on NFBC. You know all these big time events they do there. He's in the Hall of Fame or something. He's he's spoken about in hushed tones, and what? Well, rightfully so. But he's the kind of guy who's known for eliminating players out of the draft pool immediately. Like he just eliminates; they're just gone. And I understand that. I think that's a smart move. But at the same time, who you eliminate and who you take and who you hesitate to take are all different categories. And I think it's important that we separate all those because Adoles Garcia was in a situation for me when I looked at a cleanup hitter. I know the the, lo- the park, apparently, Deary. People are saying the park is more of a pitcher's park. Sure, mm-hmm. that's fine. But he played in that pitcher's park last year, mm-hmm. and he also has a pedigree with the Cardinals in his minor league system. Power, power, power. This guy has power. He's got great bat speed. He will strike out a ton. But if he doesn't have if he plays all year with barring injury I just don't see how he doesn't have a 30 homer 100 plus RBI season I really don't
4: yeah and the way I saw it was how else am I building this team I may not get batting average from him but I'm gonna get batting average from Alex Verdugo I'm gonna get batting average from Nick Castellanos Nathaniel Mm -hmm. Lowe could give me some batting average and a little speed as well like I'm loving that Rangers team in fantasy wise right now but in terms of like crossing guys off your list that you're not going to draft. I'll do that for guys that are maybe coming back from injury, or I'll put them down in my ranks or on my boards. Those are guys I'll be very skeptical, but you need to be able to find value in any player, depending on where you're drafting. I mean, there could be somebody, you know, like a Luke Voigt. A lot of people are down on Luke Voigt because he's coming back from injury, a disastrous year. You got to look at what he did in 19 and 20, which was really, really good. Luke Voigt is going like the 18th, 19th rounds He could end up being a top seven first baseman by the end of the year if he can end up in that lock spot in New York. I don't know what New York's going to do with Rizzo, if they're going to bring him back, but we all know what happens in New York. People get injured, so I don't think playing time will be an issue for Luke Voigt. But depending on where certain guys can go in the draft, there's value for guys anywhere, especially when you got 50 rounds.
3: Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I like what you're saying. Very wise, You Very wise thoughts tonight on the show. And that's what we try to bring to you when we can. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Dragon Movie Guy on Twitter. Uh, Dragon Movie Guy. That's, I don't have a real name, I don't think. Uh, did, no, he didn't? Yeah, I don't have it. Anyways, he reached out to me. He's big. At, he's been working in television news for years. He's a huge sports fan. He says, bro, fanatic's awesome. So thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to be talking to you next week, Mr. Dragon Movie Fan. I'll look forward to that. And, of course, I'm going to look forward to seeing how this draft shakes out, dearie. Yeah. This is why everybody should be excited about the Plaza Podcast Invitational because you guys will be getting to do this soon. This is the exact same format, the exact same setup, and it's not about the money. It's about playing with people who are – because we get a mix of our listeners and us and other analysts have been. Last year, Simeon, SP Streamer, uh, other big-time <clears throat> players were in it too because we have an overall component, and – Yes, we copy the overall component from TGFBI, and then other people are copying what we're doing at a smaller level as well. And that's just how it works. You just keep doing it again, again, and again. And so on and so on and so on. And they tell two friends and they tell two friends. And that's how it works,
4: right, Dearie? Sounds like a Ponzi scheme.
3: Yeah, it does sound like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's that's your, that's your hair, Shay. I got a nice Ponzi scheme for you here. All right. Here.
4: Last yeah, all year right. Was, last was comments the first, of the draft. Yeah. Last year was the first year that I had ever done fifty rounds and um, I made some really bad picks from probably around 30 on. I was like, oh, none of this matters. And then like looking back, I was like, this absolutely matters. You could really find some gems in round 30 and 40. I mean, there were some guys that weren't even drafted last year in the draft and holds. They're up being fantasy producers, but I'm excited to finish the last, let's see. What round are we in? 20? We've got like 30 rounds left. I'm excited to finish these last 30 rounds. I'm excited for the Plaza Pod. It'd be great. Now, I'm really nervous about this battle of the Podcast League because there are some heavy hitters in, hitters in here. Frank Amarante, Nate Markham, Ryan Renancio, Dougie Shikawa, oh. Sergian, Shot. Lauren Auerbach. Shot. I mean, oh, man, that's going oh, wow. to be tough, but it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, the triple play guys. All I these guys. All you know people. everybody.
3: Yeah, we don't. we love him. You love us. We know you. We love you, too. I was mentioning my catchers, though. I love it. And that is, like I said, Stevenson. And then I took Carson Kelly in round 17 as my number two. I love it, guys. I'm telling you, everyone talks about Dalton Varshow, but Carson Kelly is a killer catcher value this year. Trust me on this. He doesn't even have to be your number one, although I wouldn't even be opposed to him being your number one in a 15-team or deeper league, but... He's definitely someone who should be one of your top two catchers, and if you play in two catcher leagues, he's an ideal, ideal guy to kind of place with somebody who can hit for a better average because he's going to hit for pop. I am expecting a healthy season,
4: twenty five home runs this year. I really am. Wow, twenty five home runs! I, I like Carson Kelly a lot, and I think he's kind of undervalued this year for so for for where you got him as your your second catcher. Still only twenty seven years old as well. Big guy, six foot two, has a little bit of pop there. So yeah, I think that's a real good value on Carson Kelly this year.
3: And my last pick was Eric Haas. I'm riding on the Haas train, Deary, our local Tigers. Go Tigers. I'm doing it. I think he's there's playing time there for the bat that he has. He might play half the games, but he could still hit 20-plus home runs in half those games. He's just that good.
4: He's, he, he he may only play in about anywhere from 100 to 120 games. He's going to get a lot of pinch hit opportunities with guys on base. I don't think it was yep. just a total flash in the pan his swing last year, just like he's got ultimate power. They can play him anywhere. He, he can play it, you know, first base he can catch. He can play in the outfield. Uh, outfield isn't completely set. You know, some of the kids are going to be coming up this year. I think he has the opportunity to get a lot of at bats.
3: yes. 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 Yes, exactly. This is what I've been saying, man. The guy has a pedigree again. I, I know I brought it up with the Garcia, but if you want proof, you want to go back in time, just go back in time and look at the minors numbers for Eric Haas. Double-digit homer seasons multiple times. Power, power, power. And he's 29. He's not a child, okay? He's been around, so he knows what to do. He's a veteran hitter in a sense, and I trust those kinds of guys. Child, please. Yeah, all right, whatever. All right, so uh, there's that. That's the draft. Uh, we'll be keeping you updated on that, as we always like to do. For more information on the draft and our picks, follow us on Twitter, MJGovier, C Deary 1999 and, of course, Palazzo Podcast, two L's and two Z Utah. Give me two. Finally, with the email, and then we will leave. This was from Woody Woodman. Now, Woody is the man, and I love Woody. I've explained who Woody is before on the show, met him at first pitch, and I fell in love. We all fell in love with Woody. He's a beautiful man. And he emailed the show a couple weeks ago, and I totally blew it, dearie. He told me he emailed me, so that's my fault. I'm trying to make amends with it right now. Here it is. Hello, I am currently in a 12-team best ball, and I am trying to plan ahead. I have a few of these pitchers on a team in a 25-dynasty team as well. I am wondering if I could pick your brain for your knowledge and expertise. Not many podcasts discuss late-round pitchers, and I am looking for your advice. These are pitchers with ADPs over 500. Which of these pitchers are worth keeping or drafting? So which of these pitchers with ADPs over 500 are worth keeping or drafting? And which one do you avoid completely? So I'll just go down the list one by one, and you can say quickly what you think, and I'll say quickly what I think. You either you're in or you're out. And let's go with Vladimir Gutierrez of the Reds. I'm in.
4: I don't know enough about him, but I'll say I'm in if you're in. (laughs) Good call. Trust me. Yes, they had a
3: fun season last year. The the numbers look promising. Uh, Eric Fetty of the Nationals.
4: (laughs) Ooh, no, I'm out on that. Nobody does well in, in... in Washington he's a guy who's kind of been up and down over the last few years I I don't I don't see the strikeouts from him
3: yeah I don't trust him at all uh Zach Davies oh god Zach Davies we're still
4: doing this
2: <laughs>
4: I'll say sure sure At hey, where you could be getting him really late the guy's shown that he can pitch in the major leagues and there's a reason he's stuck around this long it's just he's just got to keep that ground ball rate up high
3: Okay, all right. By the way, if you want to email the show, Podcast at protonmail.com. Two L's You Utah. Of course. Give me two. Zach Davies, uh, I'm out. I think I'm out. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm out. Okay. And uh, next, Josh Stomont. Uh, I was huge and very, very much in on him until I went to First Pitch Arizona last fall and sat in on the reliever recon seminar, and they told me that Josh Stomont was trash and they don't like him at all and that their manager... Former Michigan player from the University of Michigan, Mike Matheny, just not a fan. So Josh Stoneman, I am out now, and I thought he was going to be amazing, but I don't think he is.
4: I took him in so many drafts late last year. You know, he was going to be the setup man early on, and then hopefully everyone was thinking Ian Kennedy would get traded and he'd take over. And Stoneman started off pretty hot last year and just didn't seem to work out. Small frame guy. I just, you know, if, if you got the insight uh, from you know some of the other people down there at first pitch, uh, I guess I'll be out too if Matheny's not in on him. I got that from
3: Greg Jewett, who is Reliever Recon's main guy, who I also subscribe to their Patreon, and it's worth it. You want to know what you need to know about Relief Pitching. They focus exclusively on it, Relief-er, Reliever Recon. It's awesome. It's a great name, too. I dig it. So well, know shout what, out to Reliever well, Recon.
4: What I, what I love is there's so many damn players in the MLB. You can't be an expert on every single one of them. But we have guys like Greg Jewett out in the industry that can give a little help to you, especially when it comes to relievers. It's so hard to figure out what's going on with relievers. Him and Mike Carter are two of the best in the business. So follow those guys on Twitter. Throw some questions their way because they're going to be able to give you some fantastic information.
3: Yes, sir. Also, your league mate in the Battle of the Podcast, Nate Markham, he also writes for Reliever Recon. So watch out. Maybe keep an eye on what he's doing with relievers. You could learn something. <laughs> Uh, Next one is, and I got to be honest, I had no idea who this was. So if this means I'm a loser, this means I don't know anything about fantasy baseball, then so be it. Record this, write it down, and then spread the word. Justin Steele.
4: Ooh, what a great name.
3: I never heard of him. (laughs) I hadn't either. He's a pitcher for the Cubs, and he pitched last year.
4: He had 57 innings pitched last year. He started nine games. 26 years old. Oh, that's how much I'm paying attention to the Cubbies last year.
3: Yeah, I really checked out. They had so many injuries that after a while, it just it got really confusing with their pitching staff. But his numbers look decent. Uh, I might be in. I'm 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 gonna say a maybe because I just don't know enough right now.
4: Guy's been around since 2014. He's been in the Cubs minor league system forever. Looks like he's been a reliever, he's been a starter, decent strikeout rate. Looks like he has a problem with the walks through AA, AAA, and MLB. But it looked somewhat promising through his fifty-seven innings, four point two six ERA. Are you in or out? <laughs> uh I'm out. Looking at this okay, home run fly by rate, fly ball rate. I don't like it. He's too young. Next, Tyler Gilbert. In or out. Logan Gilbert? Tyler Gilbert?
3: <laughs> no, yeah, it's not Logan. I'm definitely not Logan, but uh this is Tyler Gilbert, the master from the
4: Diamondbacks. I don't like anyone in the Diamondbacks. Uh I don't know enough about That's him guy, right now. This is
3: the guy who came up. Wait, is this guy who came up and threw the no hitter or was that Taylor Widener?
4: Oh no, it was Gilbert. That was yeah. him. Yeah. So yeah, this is it.
3: the guy who came up through a no hitter in his debut last year. So I know who yes. this is for sure. Uh I'm in. I, I actually think the Diamondbacks have a lot of talent and they're gonna be much, 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 much better than they were in twenty twenty one. I'm in.
4: You're in. I'm trying to bring up just his stats right now. Just to Terrible
3: back. K-9, 5.6 K-9 in 40 <laughs> innings last year at the major league level. That's not good. But he had a he had his uh, ratios kept down, 3.15 ERA and a whip of 103. Again, 40 innings pitched. But that's cool. It kind of sounds like he might be living on a prayer, though. I think I might be out, actually. <laughs>
2: He's
4: kept his ERA really low through the minors when he was with Philly, and the strikeouts looked a lot better in the minor leagues than they did last year. So, I mean, his one cup of coffee struggled with the strikeouts. Doesn't give up home runs too much.
0: Hmm.
4: I'm going to say, yeah, I like him. (laughs) I'm studying the guy for two seconds. (laughs)
3: Next, Trevor May. Trevor May I am in on as a solid reliever. Sure, why not?
4: Is he, is he still with uh, the Mets? Uh,
3: I thought he signed a new deal elsewhere, but I'm efforting that standby in three, two, one. Yeah, he's still with the Mets, 32 years old. I'm in. He's a guy who, yeah, sure. He could be good ratios, strikes guys out. That's it.
4: There's so much value in those guys, and this is what has happened in the last probably three to four years, at least in my fantasy playing, is going after guys that are going to have great ratios. They're going to eat up innings, and for teams that are going to win ball games. Uh, Those guys can be very valuable. They can, you know, somehow walk into a save here and there. Uh, If you play in those holds leagues, that could be really important. So, yeah, Trevor May, there's a reason he's still pitching at 32 years old, and he's been in the league a long time. So, yeah, I'm buying.
3: Great. All right, four more names. Quickly, Pete Fairbanks of the Rays. I'm in.
4: Yeah, I like Fairbanks.
3: Trevor Richards. I've always loved Trevor Richards, and uh, I think it was his changeup, which I was really excited about, but it never has come to fruition. I'm out.
4: Out on Richards.
3: Yeah, I'm out too. He just never, yeah, a constant disappointment. A constant, constant disappointment. And even so, last year, I mean, he's, I can't believe he's 28. It seems like he's been around forever. He <laughs> hardly has that much major league experience outside of his opportunities early on with the Marlins. But he had decent numbers last year in 64 innings pitched, and it was all as a reliever now. So if he's exclusively a reliever, then yes, maybe as a reliever only, maybe. But I'm still burnt. I think I'm burnt too much. I'm Yeah, I'm out. I'm sticking with it.
4: I'm out. so you're expecting superstar out of him, and it just it hasn't turned out. I
3: really thought two years ago he would turn it up, and he never did. I read some really good stuff about his that pitch was one of the best pitches in baseball to potentially, and it never was able to be put into use the way it should have. Uh, Brent Suter of the Brewers. Uh, I think I'm out. I, I yeah yeah I'm out on Suter. I, I don't trust him. I'm out.
4: He got a ton of wins last year for uh, Milwaukee. I think he had close to ten wins. Is that right? Yeah, he had twelve wins. It's unbelievable. He's not going to blow you away, though. <laughs> he certainly—he's a small well, man, not really. Eight and a
3: half. Eight and a half. It's,
4: it's not, not bad. bad. Seventy-three he, innings pitched. Hit up a lot of innings last year. Yeah, he he, he walked into a lot of wins last year, but uh, I don't know how dependable that can be. And that's that's certainly going to be the ceiling what he did last year. I don't I don't think he repeats that. He's been in the league. He's 32 now, so... What? He's not, yeah, he's not a baby. <laughs> Jesus. Where does time uh, go? If it, uh, like, if I you were to ask me how, how old is Brent Suter, I would have been like, yeah, he's 28, 29. Yeah, Nope. And lastly, the classic,
3: former Kansas City Royal, one of our AL Central brethren, Danny Duffy. Go Tigers. Ugh. I am pretty confident. Uh, uh, unless... You know, there's just too many injury concerns there, man. I don't know. I don't trust it. I'm out. I'm out.
4: That big looping curve ball that gets pounded at Kauffman Stadium. I'm out on, on Duffy. His, his best days are behind him.
3: Yeah, I know uh, he caught on with the Dodgers at the end of last year, and then nothing really happened. I'm not buying it. Not buying it. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. And then quickly, which of these prospects would you take a chance on to draft in a best ball or a draft and hold? This is best ball or draft and hold. All right. Quickly on this, Uh, Sixto Sanchez. I am out for this year. I'm out. George Kirby for this year. I'm out. Out. Okay, George Kirby, the Mariners pitcher. Mm -hmm. Right.
4: Okay. Uh, Three. Cade Cavalli. I don't know enough about him. You should know all these guys because of Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: I just think that. I think I'm out. I, he might he might get some opportunity there, but uh, it's just for redraft purposes, I think I'm out of Cavalli, although the Nationals are pretty wide open pitching-wise, so maybe it's it's not a bad call. Not It's a better call than Kirby or Sanchez, I think. Uh, Max Meyer. Yes, I love Max Meyer. I can't wait to see him be unleashed in Miami. Give me all the Max Meyer in the world, even in redraft this year.
4: I'm in. He was a high draft pick. Smart man. Those guys, if anything, are going to get the opportunities.
3: Yeah, and Marlins no pitching. Hunter Green, who was a former number one overall pick, he's on the brink of coming up with the Cincinnati Reds. He played a AAA last year, and there's some excitement brewing. I think Hunter Green is definitely draftable in a best ball or drafting hold. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow ends up even being the closer in 2022.
4: I agree. The guy throws gas. I mean, there's a reason he was in the number one overall pick, and they've they've done things right with him. They've waited on him for a few years, and I think he makes his debut this year. And I, he, he will have some rough spots because he's a little volatile at times, but the guy's got the stuff. So, I mean, if the pitching coach can work with him on on some of his deficiencies, he has superstar pedigree in him.
3: Well, the last guy is another Cincinnati Red who I like way more, and this is an easy, easy no-brainer, Nick Lodolo. I love Lodolo. Draft him all day and twice on Sundays. This guy has all the makings of being an
4: outstanding pitcher. There's so much hope there in, in Cincinnati with some of these young guys. So it's just they're not going to pay them when it's time to pay them, though.
3: No, yeah, he's not going anywhere for a while. He's 20, he'll be 24 next week, actually. Happy early birthday, Nick Lodolo. But he's a lefty six foot six. He's slim, but he's got the build, and his numbers are they—they pop out at you. This guy strikes people out with conviction: fastball, curveball, changeup. So he's got three pitches working that he can all use very effectively, and that's huge. You know, he's not a two-pitch pitcher, so I'm in. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah,
4: I agree. I I agree. Dynasty format. My best dynasty format. You find guys like that that. You know, they're going to start coming up this year, two, three years down the road. There could be in the Cy Young, you know, conversation.
3: Well, that was that was for redraft and I am down with it. So let's do it. I drafted Lodolo in the best ball draft that I did at first pitch Arizona. So there's an example. Definitely took him late, but it's worth it. Definitely worth it.
4: Yeah. when When you get to rounds 40 through 45 and that's when you're looking at those prospects that you think are going to hit this year that are certainly going to have the opportunity to come up. And that's when you really can make your money. 45 of the brim full of asha. 45. What,
3: what, what is happening with that song? There was a somebody had a brim. It's back. Corner Shop hat. is back.
4: Corner <laughs> Shop. Brim
3: full of asha. Brim full of asha. Like, is he just saying ashes weird? I don't, somebody work at like a
4: chimney store. I like remember uh, uh, this dude that I played baseball with came into Record Town and bought that cd and then like he picked me up from work a couple hours later we were going to play putt putt he threw it on he's like after like three songs he's like this is the worst shit i've ever listened to and he threw it out his window uh
3: it's a british by the way i didn't even know that so there you go it's a oh the song is based on the history of film culture in india since their beginnings indian films have relied heavily on song and dance numbers the singing is almost always performed by background singers while the actors and actresses lip sync. So, Asha Bosi is a playback singer who has sung over 12,000 songs and is referred to as Sadi Rani, which is Punjabi hmm. for Queen, our queen. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah.
4: I think we were hoping it was going to be like a good classic Brit pop album, and no, it was too weird. <laughs> it's
3: a catchy song. I don't know. I'm going to fire it up after the show here. Check it out, see if it still holds up. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. It's been fun, as always. Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's. You know the drill. Utah. Give me two. Me and Deary will keep on drafting. We're going to gear up for the Plaza Invitational. Make sure you're standing by for that. I will definitely fill you all in. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's crack 200 subs next. If all the followers that me and Deary had combined on Twitter, if you all just subbed real quick, we could really take this channel to new heights. It would be really exciting. So we appreciate any and all opportunities that you bring our way. Thank you so much, everyone. MJ Govier, C. Deary, 1999. Uh, PitchCon presentation. I'll be doing it. 3 p.m. Friday. If you want to got nothing going on during the afternoon, you want to pop in and watch it, I will be on the PitchCon live stream. And even forget me, there's it's a whole fundraiser for charity. And there's way, 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 way more knowledgeable and exciting people than me. There are gonna be this endless guest list that goes all the way through Saturday. So Make sure you pop on over there, pitch a list, donate if you can. They're trying to feed hungry people. That's always a good thing. And it's also very sad that we live in a world where people are still hungry in 2022, but that is the reality of things.
4: So That's that. Goodbye.
3: I would do anything for an ace. I'd sacrifice my first five picks. I would do ace I'd even draft play sack in round two but I'll never forget the way I felt when I drafted Mike Soroka in 2020 I would do anything for an ace but I won't, won't do, do that. that
2: no I won't Right lads, now I know there's not a faint heart among you, and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve, and discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion, and though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all,